Hey, good morning, everybody. Um, wow, a lot of folks. Glad to see you all. Um, you know, when you put a dry grinding with a dry winter and a dry spring and almost just enough rain today, not always. I know, I know not everybody's had enough rainfall, but in general, we've had enough rainfall to sustain the crop. I think it's fair to say that everybody is optimistic um, about this coming crop, and that's all, that's all I'll say, because I'll intermix some of the status of the crop around the industry as I talk about variety. So, we'll just make some general comments about varieties. Atticus is gonna follow up after me and talk about the two new varieties from the uh, 2015 series. So, um, right now they're handing out, uh, I'm not gonna talk from the sheet, uh, that's just three-year outfield means and then our little variety characteristics chart. You can just kind of hold on to that, fold it up, put it in your pocket, take a look at it um, later. But, you know, man, right now from a variety standpoint, man, we're, we're in good shape. That doesn't mean that catastrophe can't strike in 15 minutes, but right now, from the standpoint of good varieties in the industry that can push yields, uh, we're in good shape. About a week or two ago, we had a uh, sugarcane germplasm meeting sponsored by the International Society of Sugarcane Technologists. And we had breeders from all over the world, Australia, South Africa, Indonesia, uh, you name it. And what we have in Louisiana is really the envy of the world. We shouldn't be growing sugarcane here. Everybody talks about plateaus overseas. Uh, we're still climbing. Not only are we climbing in yields, but our crop cycle has increased. And that is, that is just a tremendous story and a testament to the investment in varieties and breeding efforts in Louisiana. So, um, you know, thank y'all for the support of the breeding efforts. It undoubtedly pays dividends going to talk about uh, varieties, you know, two, two ones, two varieties that stand near and dear to everybody, 540 and 299. You know, if you look at the uh, outfield data and you go, golly, what happened to, two, you know, to 540? Um, because right now we in some 540 country right here. Um, you have to understand that these variety trials are planted with two stalks in a really good lap. And if you are a poor germinating variety like 540 or 299, it's really uh, the best case scenario uh, for the other varieties that germinate a little bit better. So always keep that in the back of your mind. The other thing with 540, uh, you may not have heard of this, but there's a, a virus out there called the yellow leaf virus. And it's, and say Gabriel seed source, I, can't, I don't know what the uh, USDA seed source is like, we got 100% infection on it. And it's a virus, you really can't clean it up unless you're running your crop through tissue culture and a clean uh, seed program. So, you know, we always, uh, we got a little bit of 838. We keep 838 in one or two of the northern locations in the outfield trials. And we do that because sometimes we will convert uh, the test in Cheneyville or at Joby's or at Alma into a cold tolerance test. There's a cold tolerance test in Homa and now we keep our options open up north. We want to increase our chances of uh, determining what's the cold tolerance of these varieties. You know, when we release a variety, 
we don't always know everything there is to know about the variety. We could test them longer. Florida tests their varieties for a lot shorter time frame than we do in Louisiana. They release them to the three big mills. They start doing their own variety testing. So, you know, our 12 to 13 year time frame is probably a good middle ground for us getting them out in your hands because we can test them in small plots and learn so much. The real test is when you start increasing them and putting them on the farm and you start talking amongst yourselves, you start talking with us and, you know, the bottom line is that's when we really start learning more about some of the traits that are more difficult for us to access. You know, response to ripener. Al talked about the drone helping us do maybe larger scale testing uh, before these varieties are released. But, you know, for issues like ripener response, stubbling ability, cold tolerance, it's really hard to, uh, you, know, you know, nail down some of these more complex traits uh, inside of a breeding program. That's why they get put out, and you never know where those varieties are going to fall. You know, there's a little bit of 961. I'm just going to go down the old chronological list. There's some 961 out and about that people have grown. It was released. We had picked up a little bit of orange rust, a little bit of mosaic, so we kind of held off on seed distribution. People have grown it. They like it for the early maturity. I think most of the consensus up north is that with repeated early cutting and a lot of ripener activity, those yields tend to trail off. 804, uh, interesting variety that we're learning a lot about. A lot of these new varieties have not been through a really extended dry spell. And the further north you go, the less it is rain, especially up in Bunky Cheneyville, way out west in like that Cap uh, Kaplan Abbeville area and 804 is one of those varieties that really does not tolerate the, uh, the dry weather very well. The tips of the leaves burn, especially the stubble cane and if there's one thing we've learned through this dry spell is that 804 in some instances has grown a little bit backwards. There's some pretty 804 out and about but there's some 804 uh, as you go further north and west that's really uh, struggling. And 845 is a grandparent. If you remember 845, one of the things that uh, it really didn't like was dry weather. So apples don't fall far from, apples don't fall from an orange tree. Genetics works. So um, it's a 10%. So 11183, um, I guess I never have liked that variety. I mean, there's, there's a little small amount of acreage out there. Uh, it committed two mortal sins when I was increasing it uh, at the St. Gabriel Research Station in 2016 and 17, which were straight years, it went down. And then with the cold event that we had in February 2020, 21, whatever year, uh, it didn't really stumble well up that way. So I don't think a lot of 183 is moving past its percentage right now. That brings us up to the 12 series. Uh, 615 and uh, 201, uh, two pretty good looking varieties. A lot of 615 was planted last year. Some of the early feedback that we've been getting is where there has been enough 615 sent to the mill and the ripener has been put out, um, looks a little rough. And even some situations um, where no ripener has been put out, I'm just talking about some comments from Blackberry, 
cut on the second to last day of grinding, no ripener, and the stubble looks, I guess, inconsistent. But look, there's a lot of pretty 615 out and about. There's a lot of plantain. That's what most people are looking at. And I think that's a variety that people are going to be planting. 201, um, um, hmm. I look at the third stubble data. Maybe it doesn't have the oomph on the third stubble, on the third stubble data and things like that. I was looking at some rough-looking side-by-side 615 and 201, and you know it was challenged. I would have to tip my cap to the 201 looking at it. So you never know. You never know how these varieties are going to pan out. If you're old enough and you got a little bit of gray hair like me and Brian Harang, uh, you remember when <laughs> I'm here to help. <laughs> You remember, in 1978, we released 330 and 321. And in plant cane, 330 was a beautiful looking variety. You know, and that's the one you would have kind of put your, put your money on at a horse race. And uh, 330 never did stubble. 321 became a major variety. The 72 series, you know, I'm staying in the gray hair range, but. You know, 356 and 370 came out. 356 looked better. Which one had the staying power? 370. So, you know, you never know till you just put these varieties out. You say, man, that's a lot of varieties, and, you know, you only want to fool with three, four, or five varieties. But you never know where these varieties are going to um, end up and which one is going to maybe surprise you. So with the 201, you know, plant a little bit of it. Take a look, see what it does. As far as cold tolerance, um, those two don't have it. We, we miss cold tolerance on the 12 series altogether. You know, we don't select for that directly. We just characterize it after the fact. So we know that. We know that we don't have the cold tolerance in our varieties coming out that we've had in the past. We've met at the league office. We've talked about it. And like we solve most of our problems, we go to the basic breeding program where they work with the wild germplasm, and that's how we're going to solve that problem. So, brings it to the 13 series, 13739. Um, I was talking to uh, Fletcher Bubenza yesterday. He called, and they're really dry. Uh, they're, they're, mm, they've had more rain and bunky, less rain on some of their land in Cheneyville. And he made two interesting observations, and really if you get the growth measurements from home, and you kind of see this a little bit, but the 739 in dry weather has really just kind of stopped growing, or it's growing very slowly. What's interesting, in a, not a good way, but he says the 885 in Cheneyville did the same thing. It's just, now they put the water to it, and they're starting to grow. But, you know, there's two things about how these varieties respond. I mean, how do they respond when it's dry weather, and how do they jumpstart once they get the water and the rainfall back on them? So, you know, people talk, you have these conversations, and you learn things. I told him he was going to get some extra seed from John Earls, and he said, I might not do that. I said, man, don't give up on 885. The variety is good. It's a, it's a pretty variety. I don't see how the consultants walk through it and check it. I mean, it, it, it's, it's pretty massive and shades the road very well. It's a really clean stalk, easy for those guys to check. If you got a bore, you know it, stuff like that. So, um, so heck, that takes us to the 14 series, 267 and 885. Most folks just got it last year. Not a lot of seed out there, but 
those are two that I think are on the must list uh, to increase and see where they go. 267 is not going to shade the row well, but it's a big barrel cane. It's a 540 type cane, pretty dense stalk. Um, the 885, I think, has the potential, uh, you know, to take us maybe to the next step. Don't know it. We're not going to coronate it just yet, but, um, you know, it's in your hands and we have to see where they grow. So I was talking to uh, Clay Brignac, a consultant in St. Landry. He says, I love the choices, you know, and so that's, that's what it's all about. And it's all about you picking those two, three, four, five varieties that you think are going to take you for the next three or four years because